Hello. Not today, Bartleby. Yes, today, Artemis. Oh, right. Well, not right now. No, Artemis. This is happening right now. I'm a bit preoccupied at the moment, so maybe you can do it without me. Whatever you're doing can wait. Well, maybe, but only for a few minutes. Perfect! A few minutes is all we need. We're the Kinetic Paranormal Society. A pair of socks in a magic wardrobe, traveling through time and space, investigating the supernatural. And you're listening to Metacosmos. Is this really going to be only a few minutes? Well, um, a relatively few minutes, yeah. Oh, fine. It better be. What are we podcasting about today, Bartleby? Um, well, before I dive into that, we need to marinate the episode. Oh, yes, marinating. Yeah, don't you want to ask me how my week was? Oh, yes, you did the Kinetic Sculpture Race. Yeah, the Kinetic Grand Championship. And how did that go? Oh, my God, it was amazing. You really should have come. No, that's far too many people for my taste, but I'm glad you had a good time. Oh, I had the best time. We were on the race course, and everybody loved me, and I loved everybody. Oh, oh, and I have some bad news for you, Artemis. Oh? What's that? It turns out people are actually listening to this show. Oh, no. How many people? Oh, a handful at least. Oh, good. Well, hopefully we can keep it that way. If you're out there listening now, do not share this show. Keep it a secret between us. An open secret, spoken about in the shadows and hushed voices. Pay no attention to him. Just, you know, keep this between us. Anyway, so yeah, we had an amazing race this year because we had Haas Heinfeld on our team. And he's a fashion model and he taught us how to do cryptozoolanderology. Absolutely insane. What's the point of this nonsense? Every year you do this kinetic sculpture race and it's all a bunch of nonsense. It's not nonsense. It's magical. Every year we learn something super duper cool. Really? Wasn't your theme last year a series of prune and poop jokes? Oh yeah, the Prudence Prune Water Revival Tour. A return to regularity. And you learned something from that? Oh yeah, sure. We, um, we learned that, you know, if you want to like get in and out of hard situations like uh, pandemics or constipation, you're going to need prudence because you have to know exactly how many prunes you need to eat. And even when you used to do something like talk to people and like have normal relationships for a really long time, but you stopped doing that, so you're not good at it, it takes practice to get back to being good at it again. Because practice doesn't just make perfect, practice makes possible. If you don't start to practice, you're never even going to get started at all. All right, you make a good point there. Yeah, and when we were out on the race, we ran into this guy named Max. And how last year his son learned from us that practice makes possible. And now this year there's a sign in his kindergarten class that says that. Oh. You see? So we're like reaching new generations. Hmm. Oh no. Are these children likely to start listening to this podcast? Don't even worry about it. Eventually everyone's going to be listening. You frighten me with talk like that, Bartleby. So anyways, yeah. This year we were doing cryptozoolanderology. And it's totally like the hottest ology. And it's way better than cryptozoology. What makes it better than cryptozoology? Well, like, when you're doing cryptozoology, you're just, like, chasing after cryptids. And you often don't find them, because, like, they're really, really hard to find. But when you're doing cryptozoolanderology, you just walk, like, super confidently. Like, you're, like, a runway model. And, you like, no matter what you're wearing, you're like, I look amazing. I am so good looking. And when you do that, the cryptids come looking for you. Do they now? Well, yeah, sometimes and sometimes not, but that's the best part. 
when you're super duper confident and you love yourself, whether the cryptids show up or not, like, is totally, like, fine. So you don't go, like, chasing after Sasquatch or Yeti or gnomes or chupacabra or leprechauns or reciprocated love. Reciprocated love? Yeah, super rare cryptid. Hmm. Yeah, you just don't go chasing after that stuff. You just let it come to you as you walk your runway of life. Because Haas Heinfeld said, make every way your runway. Huh. Yeah, so if you don't, like, feel it, that's on you. Hmm. Why are you looking at me like that, Bartleby? Oh, no reason. Anyways, yeah, it was an amazing race, and we learned so much. Well, that is quite touching. Just little morsels of morals you found. Yeah. Well, then, does that wrap up the episode? That was easily more than a few minutes. I'm pretty sure there was less than a few, but that's beside the point. I want to catch you up on my most recent paranormal investigation. I fixed Star Wars. You did what now? Yeah, the week right after Humboldt had the Kinetic Grand Championship, there was another festival called the Forest Moon Festival. Forest Moon? Like Endor? Exactly. Because Humboldt and Del Norte County were where they filled Return of the Jedi. And they have a festival about it now. Well, it's like the 40th anniversary of the movie. I can't argue with that math. Yeah, so I went to the festival and there were people cosplaying. And so I started cosplaying and I fixed Star Wars. What do you mean you fixed it? The trilogy is fine the way it is. Oh, come on, Artemis. We all know Star Wars is broken. Far from it, Bartleby. It's three films that concisely tell a beautiful story of the hero's journey on an emotional arc. Ah, stop right there. Artemis, we need to talk about this. It's more than three films. Okay, yes, there were those two Ewok movies, and though they were tonally different, it was it was still all in the good spirit. Artemis, we need to face the facts. Okay, fine. The Christmas special. Very, very bad. I get it. It's not the best look. It's probably better they never aired it again. Oh, Artemis. Poor Artemis. You need to snap out of this. You need to come to terms with it. No. No, I do not. I'd rather live in a world where Star Wars is full of meaningful lessons, where it teaches us that we're all connected, and that moral fortitude requires self-discipline, and that choosing non-violence is strength. That's what Star Wars is about. It's not about some sort of morality is grey, or that war is perpetual, or that being evil is somehow cool. Or that insurrectionists are dirty. Yes. Or love is somehow forbidden if you want to be a Jedi Master. Exactly. Well then, have I got good news for you, Artemis. And what's that? I fixed Star Wars. That's impossible. It's not broken. It's three films, a line of toys, a couple Ewok adventures, and a forgettable Christmas special. And we all learned so much from it. Until we found out that Jedi aren't allowed to fall in love. Well, falling in love does seem to cause quite a bit of suffering. Yeah, and that's the saddest part. No one can help who they fall in love with. Cupid usually doesn't stick around to fire more than one arrow. So it was totally uncool when we found out that the Jedi aren't allowed to fall in love at all. As if that's what turns them to the dark side. Well, it does feel dark for a while. It's okay, Artemis. We all go through it. Even George Lucas went through it. He got divorced, and he probably got disillusioned to love. And he was like, oh, the Jedi would be so cool if they knew how to not fall in love. And no one was there to stop him. Because his best editor was his ex-wife, Marsha Lucas. And they had, like, a really kind of awesome relationship. Because they were, like, a couple that, like, not only was she able to, like, give him the critique by editing his movie. He was willing to listen and let her edit it. 
And that's like a relationship goal we could all strive for. Indeed. Even if we only got one arrow from Cupid. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because I fixed it. Because you see, no one really helps who they fall in love with. Like, like we all love our mom. Even when it's like really hard to. And like, they're hurt. And the reason why it hurts so bad is because they love their mom so much. Oh, it's so true. Is this some sort of tour de force of hard feelings? Well, that's existentialism for you. I don't really know if George Lucas was actually sad about it, but he sure messed up when he decided that the Jedi weren't allowed to fall in love and had to live like monks because he was just trying to figure out what would the Jedi actually have to be like. And he probably looked at monks and were like, oh, they would have to reject all of their worldly temptations. But he was just using like a Vajrayana version of Buddhism rather than the Mahayana version. But that, like, totally makes sense, because he was just talking about, like, oh, the light side and the dark side of the force, and that's, like, super-duper reductive. And then people think they're so smart when they get all edgy and deconstructed and say, oh, it's a gray side of the force, but morality totally isn't gray. Bartleby, Bartleby, stop, please, right, right there. I, no argument from me there. But you're going a bit fast. Hold on. Can, can we take a few steps back and, and unpack this? You mentioned Vajrayana and Mahayana Buddhism? Oh, yeah, Vajrayana and Mahayana, yeah. I don't think we should just run past that and not fill in listeners. Oh, okay. Um, you, you don't think they already know? I'm just trying to understand how it connects. Um, okay. Uh, you want me to explain it? Yes, please. You're going quite all over the place. Oh, um, let me see. It's like that ferry boat story that Isaac tells. Our producer, Isaac Bluefoot? Yes, I know who Isaac is. You don't have to tell me. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe he can... He, maybe, Isaac, um, can you tell the ferry boat story? Right now? He's here. Well, yeah, of course, he produces the podcast. You, you want to tell the fairy boat story right now? I guess I could. Yeah. Okay, Isaac's going to tell us the story of the fairy boat. Okay, here he is, Isaac Bluefoot. I don't think I'm really prepared. Oh, it's totally okay. Just, you know, um, go for it. Okay, well, the story's about a friend of mine. As they were walking along the shore of an incredibly wide river, they came upon an old monk, gazing, beaming with a smile, as they looked into the distance at the other side of the shore. My friend asked them what they were staring at. There, on the other side, the old monk said. Do you see it? The golden light of the other side. My friend had never taken the time to look across the shore until then. But when they saw it, they became transfixed as well. It was beautiful. My friend then asked the monk, How do we get there? How do we cross the river? The monk let out a sigh and took a deep breath. If you want to get across, you're going to have to wait for the ferry boat. This sounded like wonderful news to my friend. They said, fantastic. When is the ferry boat due? The old monk smiled. Oh, they should be about any moment now. They both gazed for a moment before my friend got restless and walked over to the shore's edge. It seemed like an eternity passed before they heard a little voice. Are you looking for me? My friend looked to the right and to the left, and saw no one. They ventured to ask, Who was that? Hello? A little voice spoke out. I did. Down here. Are you looking for a ride? My friend looked down, and beheld a tiny miniature boat, piloted by a tiny pixie at the oar. I can take you across the river if that's what you're looking for, said the little fairy. My friend stood aghast until they finally spoke. I don't think I can fit on your boat. The fairy looked at the boat 
and back to my friend towering above them. No, probably not yet. You'll have to let go of everything if you want to fit on this boat. Everything? Oh yes, everything you are and everything you've ever wanted. That's the only way you'll fit on this boat. Is there another boat? My friend asked. Oh yes, certainly. They should be about in a little bit. And I can fit on that boat, you say? Oh, easily, said the little fairy. Well then, my friend declared. I'll wait for that boat. You can go on without me. The tiny ferry boat rowed away, and my friend took back to gazing across the shore, dreaming of the other side. They stared long for what felt like an eternity, before a booming voice spoke out. Hello, are you waiting for me? My friend looked to the left and looked to the right and answered back. Hello? Did someone speak? The voice boomed out once again. Up here. My friend looked up and beheld a giant fairy standing in a boat that seemed to stretch into the horizon and all the way across the river. Were you looking for passage across the river? My friend stammered. Yes. It seems you have plenty of space, too. Indeed. Perhaps we shouldn't go on until the others are ready. My friend looked around. There was no one in sight but the monk. They turned back to the giant fairy. Are you expecting anyone? The fairy smiled. Oh, yes. I'm expecting everyone. My friend wondered if they'd heard them right. Everyone? Yes, indeed everyone, the giant fairy said. Why don't you go and get them all? Tell them we're going across together. My friend scratched their head and had to ask, Are you sure they all want to come? Maybe not everyone wants to cross the river. The giant fairy shook their head. Oh, but it wouldn't be the same without them. Go, go get everyone. We'll go across together. And so my friend came and found me and told me that the boat was ready. I asked if we should meet on the shore. And he said, no. Go tell everyone. We're all going to cross together. And that's the story of the ferry boat. Thank you, Isaac. Okay, yeah. Is that all you need? Yeah, yeah, we can take it from here. Oh, okay. Yeah, thanks a lot. Oh, no problem. Yeah, so you can say that the Vajrayana is the little tiny ferry boat, and the Mahayana is the really big ferry boat. That is a lovely story. But what does that have to do with fixing Star Wars? Oh, well, you see, I was cosplaying at the Forest Moon Festival, and I started a new line of the Jedi. The Rainbow Jedi. And the way of the Rainbow Jedi is that because you can't choose who you fall in love with, you have to forgive yourself. And you also have to forgive them, because they're never going to be as perfect as you'd hope. So yeah, the Rainbow Jedi, we accept every color in the rainbow. Oh. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, and Luke was a Rainbow Jedi when he forgave his father. Oh, it's true. That's so touching. When the whole entire series ended right then and there. Oh, you wish it ended, Artemis. I do. It was so good. What happened? Well... George didn't have an editor, and no one was there to stop him and say, I don't know, George, do we really want to, like, act like love is the thing that makes you turn to the dark side? Oh. And then all the fans got mad at him, and they couldn't forgive George Lucas, and that's how they all succumbed to the dark side. Indeed, it's so tragic. 
I don't blame him for wanting to sell it all and get away from the entire thing. Yeah, George was super cool. He, like, I already gave most of that money away, too. Really? Did you just make that up? I don't know. It all just feels so meaningless when you think about it all, though. Especially episode 8. Everything everyone attempted in the entire film they failed at, not only did they fail, had they not even tried, things would have probably worked out better. It wasn't a film about failure. It was a film about nihilism. And that's just not something we should be showing children. Well, I gotta say, I didn't like it either, but there's something about that film that, like, it really was kind of like, um, it spoke truth, and you kind of gotta respect that. Don't tell me what to respect and not respect. No, but seriously, Rian Johnson came in, they're like, hey, you're gonna make the second one in a series of three films. And it totally doesn't matter what you write, because the first film's not even being done writing, and we're writing a third film, so no one's gonna really care what you wrote, so it doesn't matter. And what did he do? He made a movie about how none of it mattered. See, so it's like, at least it's honest. <sighs> but you don't have to worry about that, Artemis. Because that's all in that mixed up, messed up gray side of the Jedi Force. And morality isn't gray. Indeed. It's a rainbow spectrum. It's the Mahayana Jedi, the rainbow Jedi. And I got a lightsaber that's all like super duper whirly colors, every color at once. You have a lightsaber that's every color? Well, it's not really a, a lightsaber. It's more of like a swirling orb of light in my heart. Oh, how poetic. Yeah. So you see, there's all kinds of wonderful morals we can still learn from Star Wars, even when you acknowledge the prequels and the sequels. I guess there is. Thank you, Bartleby. That somehow made me feel, I don't know. Like there's a glowing rainbow ball in your heart? Sure, yes. Like there's a glowing rainbow ball in my heart. Yeah, so join me, Artemis, on the rainbow side of the force. I think I shall. Awesome. So, Bartleby. Yeah? Surely it's been a few minutes by now, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a few minutes. Thank you all for listening. I'm Bartleby Nehigh. And I'm Artemis Nehigh. And we're the Kinetic Paranormal Society. And you should go to kineticparanormalsociety.com where you can listen to all of our podcasts and look at all of our past years racing in the Kinetic Grand Championship. If you're in Olympia, on June 18th, come see the Kinetic Paranormal Society Puppet Show. Perform at Shirley's Sundays with Mark Lee Morrison. It's gonna be awesome. How did I not hear about this? Metacosmos is produced in association with Humble Hot Air. Listen at humblehotair.org. This show is produced by Isaac Bluefoot. Isaac also produces our other podcast, the Kinetic Paranormal Society podcast. And everyone's going to be keeping it all little secret as well, correct? A big ol' open secret for everyone. Again, ignore him. Isaac Bluefoot also produces Superman, Son of El, the unauthorized biography of Clark Kent, a super wholesome retelling that's more about vulnerability than invulnerability, and you're going to love it. Isaac also makes Omen Quest cards. They're a beautiful deck of cards that you use to play games that somehow capture your imagination and your emotions and transform you in ways you cannot expect. But it's like a game. It's more of an experience. Yeah, so get that at omenquestcards.com. And if you also want to maybe review the show, that would be, like, totally awesome, because this show is rad, and you know it, and I need you to tell everyone. You don't need to tell anyone. Just review the show. Like, a good review. And you can always, like, go to patreon.com slash bluefoot to contribute to Isaac's many creations. So, yeah, thanks for listening. You guys are so amazing, and I forgive you for the way you are. And I love you.
Well, that was certainly an emotional roller coaster. But you loved it. It was probably the longest few minutes of my life.